0: I'm Stephen Gregory Smith. And I'm Matt Connor. We are going back to the hive
1: for season five of
0: The The Connor and Smith Smith
1: Show.
0: How are you? Great. We just watched the penultimate episode of The Offer on Paramount Plus.
1: Yeah, it's fantastic. I'm enjoying it.
0: We love it so much. Yeah, totally good. Um, So if you're not watching The Offer, you should be um, if you have Paramount Plus um tonight we are talking to dustin moat dustin moat we had a great conversation and you're gonna love it we're gonna take a break and we will be
1: right back
0: well hi dustin how are you
2: doing well are we are we live we are. Really?
0: We're we're gonna start. Yeah. Um I'm sitting here with my husband and co-host Matt Connor. Hey, hey,
2: hey, hey. Hey Matt, how are you? Oh god, who cares? I care. That's why I
1: asked. I'm more worried about the traffic situation. Ah, <laughs>
2: uh,
0: LA. LA, (laughs) and we're also joined by somebody else you may know, our producer Ryan Dean Halbrook. Good morning, Pebble Brook High School.
2: Ryan Dean Halbrook, how are you, my friend? Good man, good to hear your voice. Did y'all go to Pebble Brook?
3: We did, we went to Pebble Brook together. Okay, I have a
2: quick question. Yeah, was there a real Pebble Brook? (laughs) (laughs)
1: Like, is there like a little stream back back there?
2: Uh, It was all paved over, and that the school sat on atop the the brook made of pebbles
1: how american they paved paradise <laughs> and put up a
2: public park, school, park. Yeah, public school right here. <laughs> um so
1: you're
0: co- calling us from la correct
2: yes uh la uh culver city los angeles area yeah and Are uh on
0: the 405 or the
3: five or
2: no i i was on uh, the road's called national but oh, okay i i'm like it's laughable to be, uh, I would say overall, my distance is one and a half to two miles away uh, from where I was coming from. And it took me 55 minutes.
0: Oh, well, God.
3: Yep. Yep. I remember that, man.
2: That <laughs> to nice. that. And so uh, it's one of those, I, I typically leave a lot later in the day. I'll work later into the evening so that traffic dies down. Uh, but I wanted to be here. I wanted to be in the comfort of um, our our sound booth that we have in our place uh, that Danielle uses, and she's letting me uh, borrow her mic to do this. Is there a fee? <laughs> <laughs> a fee that can't be discussed. Yeah, uh, on a recording, but sure.
0: <laughs> um, so doesn't you? We know that uh, you and Ryan uh, grew up in Georgia, correct? Yep. Yep. That's where you're from. Yep 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 and and going back to Georgia
1: this
2: is near Atlanta yeah outside of Atlanta uh the it would be Kennesaw. East... yeah Kennesaw uh, Pebblebrook uh, was at the bottom of a county called Cobb County Ugh. and uh, Cobb County is really big on the east side of Atlanta and it it has very metropolitan area and it has very rural parts of the county but the Pebblebrook that we went to was a magnet school so it Every you it didn't matter where you lived, if you lived in the county, you could attend. Uh, you know, if you passed the auditions, and, and do you everything still have like
1: family?
2: That. Uh, I do. My father is still in uh Cobb County. I actually he moved to Douglas, which is a, an adjacent county, but I still have family out there. Actually, all of my family is in the Atlanta area. I am the one that broke away and went to the full other side of the country. Did yeah.
1: you and Ryan both know that you were gonna end up at Shenandoah or did you not know that till you saw each other at Shenandoah?
2: I you know, it was uh Ryan I think you were the first from our school to go to Shenandoah. You and Maggie, I think, were yeah, the first ones went, there. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And uh because Ryan was there and uh he and Maggie were doing so amazing at the school, Dr. Albert came back to audition um I think it was every year, every every other year, he would come back to see what you know new talent was graduating, and so yeah, Dr. Albert came to our high school, and uh, you know a select few of us auditioned. And it's so not before. fair, man! I had to go to
3: Virginia. <laughs>
2: <laughs> you you are the the trendsetter. You paved the way for us to not have to travel that same way. Yeah. Right, right. And then right. Dr.
1: Albert was like, you know, I would really like to have the chicken sandwich from Chick-fil-A.
2: Yes. Take a
1: nice walk along the Stone um mountain. Oh God, you remember that one at <laughs> Stone Mountain, Dustin?
2: I do, I do. Stone Mountain, which uh did not age well. It oh, was course. a fantastic um park there to play in and um
1: Oh, we don't want to go into the history. D- yeah, of Stone No, no well, not not the history. This- you don't know this, Dustin, but I had relatives on the outskirts of Atlanta. I don't remember the outskirts, but it was, you know, adjacent to the city. Mm-hmm. And every summer we went to Atlanta and, and acted like it was the biggest deal ever. And every summer we would climb the stone mountain and oh, just go yeah. to the park, get ourselves a snack.
2: Yeah, from the little out uh, overlook at the top, or ride right, like the little uh, what do you call? Yep. Them? The yep.
1: Is that where Mary Fagan buggies? is buried? That's where a, a, a dedication to her is. I don't think she's buried there. Gotcha. But at, Dustin would know.
2: At the top of the mountain.
1: Um, Mary Fagan, there's a plaque to Mary Fagan someplace around the bottom of the mountain. I think.
2: Oh, I, I, no, I'd have I'm to check electric. that out. I I, I have been, I mean, to be, I, I think the last time I was there was with Ryan. Do you remember the Mary Mary Fagan
1: story? No, no, not at all. Dustin, Mm. are you familiar?
2: No, I am not.
1: Okay, quickly. There's a musical called Parade. Yeah. Okay. And it's about the lynching of a gentleman who was, I think, Jewish. Yeah. And he was blamed for the murder of a girl named Mary Fagan. Mm. And that whole musical, um, I did not know, of course, the whole history of it. But there was like a little plaque or something to Mary Fagan at the bottom of Stone Mountain, Georgia, because... I don't know if the lynching happened there, but it, it's rich in the history. More than likely. Um, yeah. Yeah. So be surprised. To
3: well, I was gonna say that summer uh, is I think back to that summer a lot, Dust. I don't know if you do. It was one of my favorite times of my entire life.
2: We had a lot of fun. Yeah, we had a lot of fun. Yeah, and now you were starting to summer. go back to college for your senior year. <laughs> I did, yes. Yeah. And, and lived with Steve. And I'm Matt. picturing and Matt.
1: Yeah. I'm picturing the summer. Sort of looked like the slow motion image of the kids diving in the lake from it <laughs>
2: uh if if it was slow motion eating waffles at waffle house, then you nailed it yeah on the yeah.
3: <laughs> <Or, or laughs> <my> crystal <laughs> in the car That's, yeah, crystal. uh, yeah, crystals, crystal's in, in the White car. castle
0: yeah. Of uh I was working. like, you y'all were doing crystal meth in a car? No. <laughs> what?
1: Okay, so this Waffle House can can just straight line us right across the street from Shando University. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I remember Maggie making the biggest deal when the Waffle House yes, came. Totally. She was like, Y'all, the Waffle House is here.
2: Yeah. Like yeah, it was big news. It was a big deal. They were like spreading their wings and hitting up uh going further and further north. I, I have that. a question for you, Dustin. Mm-hmm. So
3: going from pebble brook into shenandoah what was the transition
2: for you like i you uh, in terms of like Uh, training or just uh, leaving to go to school the training oh the, the training was stark i had a wonderful teacher in high school singular teacher and then of course to come in and have the varied styles of yeah, uh, Lindy, Hal, and who did the improvs? Rad, uh, contact Brad, contact improv. Brad Stoller. Brad Stoller. Yeah, where you melt like an ice cream cone. That was <laughs> all new to me. That was uh, it, so it it was eye opening. And to be somebody so in love with the craft, I I soaked all of it up. Yeah, I um, you know, even all the charts that I had to make, or the uh, gosh, I can't even remember the name now. But you know, you wrote what? down your verbal actions and. Yeah. Uh, physical actions and intentions and everything and the chart for each line loved it i i love that stuff that was that was some of my favorite i, I love the technical parts of it and then i love the interpretive parts uh so for that was a big change for me to go i mean because here i am stepping from a high school to university as one would expect and escalation and training and skill uh, so uh, uh, you know i was I was all about it. I loved it. And, uh, you know, one of the best things about acting was still is is that, you know, you take what works and you leave what doesn't. And I think I kept so much from my teacher, whose name was uh, Tim Habiger, back in high school. And then, of course, with Lindy, Hal, Brad. (laughs) Yeah. So it was, you know, I, I only have positive things to say about it. My that's
3: time great doing it. yeah no was, yeah, i just i just always wondered i don't think i've ever we ever had that conversation because for me it was like a it was a, a new world but still kind of the same world but like the it kind of opened up a little bit if that makes sense
2: yeah uh it, it was you know the uh the the acting concentration what is the terminology here do you do you say straight theater on this podcast or what, what do you how do you refer to it
1: uh yeah sure that works we can say yeah. like Johnny Depp Theater <laughs> Johnny Depp. since Johnny Depp was just real co- court. Jack Johnny Sparrow Depp Theater real close to our house at the courtroom <laughs> yes
0: we drank a mega pint of wine in his honor go ahead did you really <laughs> oh yes oh I know
2: uh, but yeah so the um you know that. It was a bit too children's theater focused for me. I think that was that would be one thing I would say. so we obviously looked very looked forward to the you know the adult play that would happen once a year. But other than that, yeah, it was fantastic. I did the Juicy showmaker fruit boogie, stuff. Man. Juicy fruit is gone. Oh, right you're in. pulling that out that wanted, that that's one uh, of my key moments in life. Yeah. I want, Fuck, love it. I want to
0: set this up correctly because this remains one of my favorite auditions I've ever witnessed in
1: my life. And Ryan probably has the, at least the second famous audition, but that happened in Washington. Yeah, that's, that's a next story. <laughs> another story. Yeah. Um, so it's, it's time
0: to audition for the Mikado, which I can't even, we, we, we speak about in hushed whispers here on this podcast. Mm. Um because of the just atrocity of it. Um, And that was in the spring. That was the spring one, right? Yeah. Yeah.
1: You don't grow without mistakes.
0: You don't, but uh, yeah, you you (laughs) learn. Hopefully society changes and you don't have a institutionalized racism happening on stage. But yeah,
2: another thing that did not age well.
0: No, no. (laughs) Um, So you were you told like you had to audition Mm -hmm. for? Yeah, I I thought Mm -hmm. I remembered that part. Yeah. And so you, you know, uh, as the listeners of this podcast are well aware that uh, if you're auditioning for a musical you kind of sing in the style of the musical that you're auditioning for so you actually chose the theme song from Juicy Fruit the yes. commercial
2: the jingle if you will yeah. yes and it wasn't it wasn't enough to meet the full 16 measures i think we had to do 16 bars 16 measures and then uh, so i did i had to repeat it so i had to sing it twice Oh, my God. Uh, so, yeah. The, Imagine
3: you couldn't have made a medley and, like, gone into, like, the...
2: What is it? The oh, big red... It was already perfection. Uh, the, <laughs> the jingle itself was already, like, as best as you can get. So, repeating it twice was just sugar. Even more sugar than what Juicy pass, Food man. had. Well, look before. let's let's not get beforehand. Right. Do you
0: recall the reaction in the room as you were singing this? I,
2: I, not as I was singing it. Definitely when I finished. Uh, I think I was too into my performance I guess is the best way to. I was very committed. Uh, but you know, I definitely had to, I, I had to have the lounge act singer to be the first part and then the, uh, you know, wake up the crowd for the second half of it. Yeah. And, um uh, I remember, I, I remember standing ovations. I remember, uh, Annie Cerrone coming to tears. I remember, uh, Molinari just like wildly applauding so to get the reaction from the seniors was like that that was clear to me that was that was gold and I did not get past the audition <laughs> it's definitely not called back <laughs> I do remember how no I was not I was uh I was cast in this fall show but that one well, that was Mac I did Life. not get it that one was, God, Ryan, great callback. Yeah, I didn't even remember that. That was Mac the Knife. Ugh, that was groan-worthy. Yeah, no, the oh. Juicy Fruit was definitely, uh, that was the way to go. And I had said, I remember Hal just, like, the, just, just the look of... Disdain. Just utter disdain. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Dr. Albert did not want to make eye contact with me. He was just looking straight down at his notes. And... Uh, I, you know everybody was was super happy and applauding and i i was beaming with smiles and i knew like i have you know if i if you if you can't beat them join them so you know i know i can't sing i'm a terrible singer still Fucking
0: legendary man <laughs> it, it, you became my hero in that moment um <laughs> thank you it is, it is a college legendary story Um, Not just that, I mean, prior
3: to the podcast, uh, I said, what do you remember most about Dustin and Matt? And he said, your smile.
2: Oh, really? Oh, how touching. Thank you. Yeah, I honestly think,
1: I mean, I I know that everyone has bad days or whatever, but I honestly remember uh, when your name comes into our living room, now that we're doing this SU thing, um, I remember you always just being very, very... um, joyful in whatever thing that was happening.
2: Yeah, thanks. I just, I wanted to have fun. I just want it to be fun. And I want the people around me to have fun doing it. So do, I, do, you, do you still
1: try to have that same joy now?
2: I do. I do. I, you know, I, I have a very, for the engineering world, which is the world I, am in at the moment, uh, I have a very different sort of sense of humor than everybody else. So, you know, I, I try to bring my authentic self, you can't see my air quotes happening right now, but, <laughs> you know, I try to bring my authentic self uh, into the corporate workplace and that just is mostly involves my sense of humor. And, you know, I try to, I try to have fun, you know, actually speaking of, uh, you know, Ryan and I used to do the morning announcements back in high school uh, at Pebble Brook and I do the I run our like company meetings uh, for our I've done it for the current company that I'm at I I used to do it when I worked at Apple I had I would run like the morning meetings uh, just because I hate corporate meetings I hate them with a passion they are so jargon filled and boring so I try to you know step it up and try to make it entertaining for me and that's kind of like the bar if it's entertaining for me then you know a equals a the, the the actor equals the audience and somebody in the audience will find it either offensive and or humorous. i really long
1: for the world where there is a tiktok that you and ryan own and every morning you stitch together the morning announcements and ryan would t- take care of the east coast and you will clearly take care of the west <laughs> And it can involve just you know tidbits like weather traffic and
2: maybe oh, there's something new every day that's what's great that's why they call it news it's always new <laughs>
1: it's, it's like it's like you two never really forgot the morning announcements and now you just miss them and you start a whole new thing
2: wow yeah yeah i mean i i you know secretly want my own like talk show yeah. Uh, so that, in fact, I think Danielle mentioned this when when she was on the show. But I used to have a podcast. I used to do my own podcast because I wanted to hear myself.
3: Speak you were like ahead of the, the curve, right?
2: Yeah, I, I mean, if you'd call it that, but there weren't many at the time. It was like an o four o five. When what I was created your podcast, my own podcast about? Theater. It was. It was Chicago called Talk Theater. Talk Theater. Yeah, it was.
1: It was called Chicago Town.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was in Chicago. I called it Talk Theater News. Uh, I had a personality. Um, you know, I worked on, I didn't use my real name. Later on, I ended up using my real name, but I had a character called uh, Ernest Idol. Ern- <laughs> to, to kind of, it was a, what do you call it, an oxymoron in terms of a name? Somebody who's Ernest and Idol at the same time. Anyway. What, so, did he I have a did different that. voice than yours. No, he had a different inflection, I, a very newsy kind of inflection. And if you, you hear the right? early stuff. Yeah, I, you know, no, I don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, it's it honestly adopted into probably how I am speaking right now. Uh, but if you hear the original stuff, cause I used to, it was, it was theater news, Chicago theater news, which there was something new every day. So it was only like a couple of minutes long. And then I had a weekly show and so I would get, and I would do the new, I would write the copy myself. So I'd kind of regurgitate what the, uh, PR was, what the, uh, press release was that ever came out. And you know, I would try to get it down, and then I actually had a little teleprompter that I would copy and paste. This little teleprompter app that I would put it in, so that uh, I wasn't it, it, the pacing would be up. Otherwise, I would be speaking really slow, and I hated it. I just hated <laughs> hearing. I, I, I don't even listen to them because I hated hearing myself. But in the end, as long as I found it interesting, and the way that I spoke was interesting. You know i always equate that the audience at some point would find that interesting so if you hear the old stuff you'll hear definitely an evolution from how i first started because i i I had tried to have the old or a deeper deeper serious voice because we were talking about theater then i loosened up and and tried to treat the microphone as a friend
1: I think there's yeah. definitely a marketing thing that could have happened with Ernest Ido loungewear and snack.
2: <laughs> <Yeah>.
1: <laughs>
2: Mixed nuts. That's what Mixed I mean. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
3: so Dustin, how did you make that transition? Like what, from what Danielle said, you like really decided, Hey, I need to do this.
2: Transition. Oh, <laughs> you, Wait, you mean I, a wave? First wipe? of
1: all, I, first of all, want to ask before Ryan just asked that, what mm-hmm. is an engineer? What does that mean?
2: Oh, uh, engineer means a lot of things in the tech world, but essentially it's the person that decides how the lines of code should be written and what order they come in. And and then it falls into like design patterns and how one thing talks to another thing and and You know, there's a bit of an architecture that goes into it, but essentially, the engineer is the one that writes the code and finds the problems in the code and makes sure that the code operates the way that it it needs to. That's that's... so
1: you are, you're like a digital uh, architect that not only figures out what to do, but then also does it.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's a good way of putting it. Uh, and and this, but for me, it's in the particular area of creating applications for iPhones and iPads and Apple TVs and Apple Watches. So I write the code that runs the application that the user, the consumer interfaces with, you know. So um, <clears throat> so every time you do something, every time you like push a button, swipe, scroll up, scroll down, there, there's code that makes that work. And so I write that code that makes that work. A lot of it has already been written by Apple or Google. And uh, so you have to write pretty much the uh, the intermediary code that talks to their code to, to do what you want it to do, which is why apps have their, you know, not every app looks the same because an engineer got in there and so... a designer changed it. Yeah.
1: Are, the, are the ingredients that you use in your kitchen the same as like another tech company do do you have the same ingredients when you're baking your apps but- uh
2: that's a good question the the chef as it were can choose which which pots and pans to get you know which company to get the pots and pans from so uh what you look for is um, and there, there. If you hear the word this term CTO, Chief Technology Officer of a company, they're the ones that kind of decide which pots and pans are coming into play, because some pots and pans work great for Apple and work great for Google slash Android, and they don't want to have two sets of pots and pans. They want one set of pots and pans that work on both platforms. Uh, we don't do that at my company. My company works specifically with the Apple pots and pans. And what that means is, <clears throat> you, you know, Apple provide really great tools for developers. In fact, the conference is going on right now. I don't know if you've seen any of the news that's been uh, coming out lately about the new stuff coming out. There's like the new M2 chips. But the their conference for developers is happening right now. And so during the day I watch and uh, attend their... Their keynotes and their presentations, and they say, "Hey, these are the new commands that you can write. These are the new tools that you can do. This is how you can get notification when you tap on a notification. It opens your app and it does this thing, or you know, the AR stuff, or you know, all the all the cool things that you do with your app." Uh, they're right now they're revealing it to us, the developers and the engineers, about how to leverage what the new stuff that they have written. Yeah.
0: So you're basically in our phones.
2: Your phones, your TVs, your watches, yeah. I'm everywhere, if, man. <laughs> if you, your your tablets. Uh, I do a bit into the Mac itself, like the running on the computers. Yeah, so it's. I it's use no
3: Apple strange. products, man. So.
2: <laughs> so we can no longer speak.
1: <laughs> so I'm assuming, I, and I know nothing. I mean, clearly, I'm, I barely got through Candy Reed's tap class. Um.
2: <laughs> I do. I took that class too
1: go. I'm pregnant
0: eight months, so still
2: tap dancing. Let's do this at 8 a.m. every Tuesdays and Thursdays. Oh, I do. So, get up to that.
1: so <laughs> I think what's happening in the world, and I'm sure you're already t- 10 years in front of me, what I'm about to say, which is going to be very heady. <laughs>
0: Uh, Drum roll, please.
1: (laughs) So in our lives, we used to have, you know, uh, a notebook to write down our calories of what we're eating. Weight watchers thing. And we -hmm. have our television to watch whatever. Mm -hmm. And we've got our radio. But anyway, you know, basically, I can now watch Apple TV on my phone. Yeah. My phone now tells me, girl, get off the couch. You had too many bonbons.
2: Yes, Uh, yeah. So
1: basically, my one-hander phone, even though I've got a Mac and a TV, basically, I guess the conversation is that everybody eventually in the world is going to be able to do anything and everything constantly, just merging things into this one powerful machine.
2: Yeah, the the singularity is what you're referring to. That's called the singularity, yeah. It's called Singularity. That's the Singularity, yeah. And that all that you name? do and all inputs. Um, Kurzweil. Kurzweil. Kurzweil, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: So be, me and Steven having a website now isn't even enough because that's kind of 80s and 90s or whatever. Now we <laughs> need to figure out how to design an app. And I have a crazy question. Mm-hmm. If I'm not a tech person or an IT person and don't know how to even spell IT, it's I and then T. Got it. <laughs> if I had an idea for the, an, an, a really interesting app, yeah. would, would it be possible for me to pitch that idea? Or do, do I have to ha- have a business with already that idea in motion? Like I have to have a music company in order to pitch a music app.
2: No, you don't need a company. I mean, you can make the company to make the app. Uh, the, the pitching of the app is good. I mean, pretty much where it always starts is you you have the idea of what it does. And then the, the key part is to have, if before you pitch it, have like sketches of how somebody would go through the app. Like, oh, they would tap on that and then they would see this list of music items and then they would tap on it and it would play, whatever your idea is. So it. When you have those two things, like what it does and what it can do, then there, then you just have to have money to to make it happen, because anybody, any designer can pick that up and go, oh, it should look like this. These should be the colors. This should be the shape of the buttons. And then, um, if depending on the complexity, right? If you're trying to create an app that scans a room and creates three D models, that's that's a lot of complexity. If you're talking about linking to a file that exists on a server somewhere and uh you know on some website and is delivered and it's playable on the phone that you know that that's writable very quickly in under a day so really you're talking about what is the experience for the the consumer to go through and use it and if you have that sketched out the rest the rest is quite easy depending upon the complexity right you don't you're not saying oh, I'm going to make Reddit or something like that, but other than that, you'd want to have something very. Um, if you have a a basic idea, which is providing access inside of an app to content that exists on the internet, then it's quickly implementable. You know? Great. Right. Yeah, yeah. Oh, trust me, I hear, I I hear the ideas all the time, and for anybody, not that, that I'm asking for an idea, but a lot of you know when they hear that I. Do app development. A lot of people have an app idea. Uh, <laughs> believe it or not, most people have some idea for an app that makes their life easier uh, in some way, shape, or form. And if it doesn't already exist out there, or they haven't done the legwork to see if it exists out there, then they've they've tried to conceptualize it for themselves and uh, you know and how it fits their needs. And just like I talk about. If I find it interesting, more than likely somebody else is going to find it interesting. So if they have a good app idea that they consider good, more than likely somebody else is going to consider it a good idea as well. Uh, And then I love hearing it. And then I will, you know, I'll tell them, A, it has legs, B, it doesn't have legs, meaning it can move, it can, uh, you know, you can run with it. Uh, And then, you know, if you want to put this together kind of thing, it's going to, I'm throwing numbers out, but this is, uh, you know, it'll be about $50,000 to put this complex thing together, and then you'll have an app. The first version of an app is, like, you don't make an app and stop. You you make the beginnings of it, and then you iterate and evolve it <clears throat> over time. And so to get even the first step out, it gets pretty pricey. But then after that, it's mostly marketing, which is kind of like theater, right? <laughs> you know, it's it's a set amount to make the show, but if nobody sees the show, what what's the point. So there's a fair bit that goes into getting the word out there and distributed. And of course, there's many platforms that assist in that. And then that's Google's primary business model is to make that you know, get that out and available. But it is um, you know, it's a process. It's it the thing is don't think of it as a static thing, it's, it is not going to be made and then left. Apple, Google, they drop apps that aren't updated, aren't evolving, aren't adding features, aren't, uh, you know, improving with their improvements. So it's, it's a journey. It's not something that's created and then stopped being created. Unlike a website, which is why you have that interpretation of websites being from the 90s and 2000s, because many sites were made at that time and then never updated. And you can tell when you go to an old site that you're like, oh, you know, this is, Hello 2005, here I am. So I always it. thought it'd
1: be kind of cool. Now, and clear this might already exist and it might be actually a dumb idea. And we actually could just take a vote, which I don't think is very popular now in America, but we could vote and someone could win. But, you know, I have this the sky app where I can look at the stars. Mm-hmm. But I don't have an earth app where I can go anywhere on the entire globe and push the app... And have it tell me what has happened in history where I am right then and there. Oh. Like, oh, you're standing here? Well, guess what? 4,000 soldiers <laughs> got
0: killed there. Mary right. Fagan was, yeah. yeah. We,
2: we have a plaque on our shed that says, on this site in 1898, nothing happened. <laughs> so yeah, it, it's that's ex- what I would get if I pushed my app here. <laughs> uh, that is actually super. The the opening an app and it knowing where you are, and the ability to look up what happened there very easy. The work is the database, meaning the information of what did occur there on. X spot or, or, you know, given like say a hundred meters from where you're standing, like a hundred meter radius. That's the work. Yeah. The app is not difficult. That's, that's very easy to make. It's going to be the, the building of the information. And if you're not leveraging, so that's where, so then you go, Oh, we'll just go to Wikipedia and we'll find out what Wikipedia knows about what happened on the spot kind of thing. Well, that's how they make their money is apps using their database because they've done the work to get the information together. So now you have to set up a a kind of a situation where when you look for that information, you'll get, you know, they'll say, oh, you get one event. This is an example, but you'll get one event for free. But if you want to know 10 events that happened, then it's going to cost you 50 cents, right? Or something, it could be like 10 cents you go, oh, that's cheap. But then you think about millions of users using it millions of times in millions of locations, it adds up very quick. So you need some some incoming revenue to pretty much pay for the cost to access that database, whether so it's, it's provided like by Wikipedia or whoever.
1: Yeah. Google
3: Maps crossed with Wikipedia, basically. Like
2: mm-hmm.
3: you go somewhere or-
1: Or I would go to the state of Virginia and say, you need this app that I helped to design because we can bring in tourists that can sh- look around the country and see where we've done horrible things. <laughs>
2: <laughs> right, places that did not age well. Yeah. Right. <laughs>
1: hey, um, what? How did you land in your beautiful IT world? Did was that something that was always on the back burner? Yeah, that was my the transition question from like you know acting to yeah. To
2: yeah. Well, I will not get to Inside Actors Studio here, but uh, what? <laughs> the thing is, is that to be honest, it was the podcast. It was the pod learning how to do a podcast, how to create. It is what got me on the path. So I was in Chicago, obviously at the time, as I had mentioned earlier, but I was working at a theater and I had reached my dream of working full time at a theater. And I was working at a box office uh, and, and running the, you know was doing everything for the theater pretty much running the lights, doing the stage management, running the um box office, and <clears throat> I was working full time at the theater and loved it and side note, I worked right across the, the theater was literally across the street from where I lived, so I could look out my window what? and see see where I worked, and I was always late. <laughs> that's the worst. <laughs> It's because you know, you know, you ever do that trick like, oh, I got to leave. So, what's the minimal amount of time I need to take in order to get to where I need to go? <laughs> uh, turns out, when it's across the street, 30 seconds doesn't always cut it. So, I, w- yeah. I would be late often. Uh, at any rate, uh, the I was working that job and I was comfortable with computers, which, um, which is actually something I picked up in school because I was a scenic design minor uh, and under. Bill Pearson, and he got a computer into the school my senior year and was not I'm not referring to the computer in the student center, the one computer that we use to check our emails. Yeah, I'm talking about one that we had to learn drafting, uh, how to draft and how to create stage plots, lighting plots and, and those kind of things. And uh, I found that I picked it up quite easily and it, you know, it came naturally to me, I guess you'd say. Then I left school. Uh, got into work at a theater, was working in the box office. And I was the one that was not afraid to use the computer most other people. there were like, Oh, Dustin, you, you do the reports. Cause it was very non it wasn't a user-friendly interface. It was, uh, if, if you know, old box office software, it was very, it was like using a terminal like, you know, you're like, <laughs> you ever see those hacker movies from the nineties, oh, yeah. <laughs> they're like, Oh, I got to get in. I'm in kind of feel, uh, it was looking like that. It was very scary looking. Uh, But I was afraid. I wasn't afraid to use it. And but I got laid off from that job. So and that was uh, I was able to pick up on employment until they brought me on. I'm doing air quotes again. Until they brought me back. And that time I didn't want to waste while I was I didn't want to like be taking unemployment and not. Feel like I was progressing my skills in in some way, so uh, I had a computer that um, a Mac, which is how I got involved with Apple. But it was a Mac that my friend convinced me to buy because because at the time I was like, oh, I want to get a computer. Should I get you know, um, should I get a Windows PC or a Mac? And he's like, dude, save your save your sanity, get a Mac. So I like, okay, so I got a Mac, and then I was convinced I needed to. I wanted that Mac to pay for my next Mac because I know computers only, you know, computers you can use for only so long. And I was like, I'm going to learn enough on this computer so that it pays for my next computer. And being laid off and um, still wanting to be highly involved in theater, I found myself, you know, looking through the Chicago Tribune theater section during the day and I was like, oh, this is i hate reading these articles i'd rather hear them i'd rather have somebody present them to me and that's when the podcast stuff started coming out and i i was like wow you get you can make your own radio show how crazy is that all you need is a microphone and you have no idea if people are listening but who cares you just put it out there so i learned how to make it and back then it was it was very raw you had to create the the rss feeds yourself which was that's pretty much what a podcast is. It's a file linked to a publication kind of a broadcast thing. So you had to handwrite those at the time. It was the podcasting was so new. There wasn't a tool to create the file that you needed to host somewhere. So I had to learn all of that. And because I was unemployed, that's what i spent my days doing was learning how to do it and i would read an article and say okay and then i try it out and break my machine and then have to fix it and get it to work again and then i got to the point of being able to record all of that experience um prepared me for the the corporate world i guess yeah you could you could say in a kind way is uh because i my unemployment ran out my theater did not bring me back on the other jobs that i would be getting and i did do sparse jobs at box offices here and there and running light boards and stage managing and you know i you know the the gig economy of theater at the time but it wasn't really paying my way so i took on uh, what do what they call temp jobs you know where you you know, you work for a week, had crazy jobs, did crazy, crazy, weird things all around Chicago for a week at a time or two weeks at a time.
3: Oh, I did that in L.A. It was great.
2: Yeah, it was you get to see the city and then you do like walk into weird, cool offices or weird, scary offices and just do totally. something new and, and do something different. And uh, <laughs> and I eventually, uh, you know, I started. I I got picked up doing office reception work, but it was next to the Apple store that was opening. And I applied and I kept applying. And after three years, they ended up hiring me. Uh, I applied multiple times. got rejected multiple, multiple times. Uh, But they eventually hired me back in Georgia. They actually didn't hire me in Chicago, so I had to move from Chicago to Georgia. But it was my knowledge of podcast creation of how the mac worked of how of, of how websites come <clears> to be and how you upload and download and just you know just how you work with the computer and all of that truly i learned because i didn't want to sit idle at home during my unemployment and ernest
1: idle ernest idle
2: that's how the name came
1: <laughs> Bing, ding 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 you got ei on the ball caps
2: yeah er- ernie or- idle coming at you yeah, I did a lot of the the lower timbre register now that I remember it. Yeah, but that's that's how it got started. And then when I got hired on at Apple, I got hired as a hardware technician. Uh, it was the genius team, but they had two phases of that. There was the phase that you know where you go into the store and you're like, oh, my thing doesn't work, make it work. And then there's the the back side, which actually does the repairs, opens up the computer, opens up the phones, replaces the parts that need to be replaced. Uh tests it. And that's what I did. And then, yeah, after that, uh, you know, I was at Apple for nine years. And throughout that time, I became a trainer. And because I knew software, I could pick up so- The software. The hardware part was fun because you get to use your hands. You get to, you know, turn screws and take out processors and RAM chips and all that sort of stuff. That was fun. But it's the software that really got me excited because it was always changing man software was fun so i tr- i got i learned how to become a final cut certified trainer i was a logic pro certified trainer they don't have it anymore it's called motion but motion is like their 3d creation visual effects tool they used to have they don't have it anymore but i was the certified trainer in that and the uh, and then the big one the big, big one for me because I knew all these, I knew all this software and, and, and how to, and I would just learn. So I love learning love. And I would spend, you know, when it's your job, 40 hours a week to just do the thing over and over again, you know, you get pretty good at it. And I was just learning a bunch of software, but there was always one software program that I would open and get scared of. And I knew I needed to get over that. And that was, it's called Xcode. And Xcode is the software that writes the other softwares so when you use safari and including on your phone when you use safari when you use the finder when you browse around your app all of that is written by xcode in fact xcode writes itself how meta is that is that the xcode application writes its own next version of the xcode application wow there, it's, there's no like fun graphics to look at. It's just, it, there's no like fun buttons to press or whizzy animations that happen. There's nothing like that. It's um it's, it's all code. And that's why it really scared me. Um, but I think I saw that as, you know, if I learn that, then I, th- I, there's not really many other apps to learn. You know, when you learn the app that writes the apps, uh, you can move forward, um, pretty well and it's it's just a rich wealth of knowledge uh, to to be learned not that i have i still consider you know i've been in the tech field now since 06 uh so that would have been um so what is that now Geez, i can't do math <laughs> here i am a software technician what is that 14 16 years yeah 16 years and i would say i know probably 2% of the whole industry it's it's crazy how you can it it, there's too much to learn and that's what I love about is there's so much there's like fields of information to run down and choosing which way you go you're just going to constantly learn something else and I love to learn and uh, that works well in the tech industry that works very well in the tech field Uh, but Relating with people does not (laughs) Really, That's why engineers are notoriously, uh, you know, have dry sense of humors, are introverts, are, you know, socially awkward. Uh, And that is very true. Those stereotypes are absolutely very true. You're not, man. No, I know. I stand out. I definitely stand out.
3: yeah that's interesting and like i can imagine like because everything is changing all the time in that field you're constantly learning because it's constantly changing
2: every there's there's i can't say a day goes by where i haven't learned something new i truly can't i mean when i'm sitting and doing work on the weekends i learn other stuff like you know my my pastimes or but when it comes to yeah the i.t information technology i'm just always curious about the nature of it so there's always something to be had there's always something new to learn i love it yeah
1: i mean it's its own i'm assuming you're like in your own alternate universe in the digital world
2: you I uh, you mean like what i do on a day-to-day basis or, or just like
1: trying to constantly live and play and create and yeah. troubleshoot in yeah. almost this digital uh you know headspace
2: yeah Oh, yeah, it, it, it's it's what it is. I mean, I don't talk to people. I look at numbers and letters all day long. You know, I, I definitely just look and code. But what it is, what it equates to, what it translates to is problems to solve. And then I create a new problem and try to solve that problem or you know, try to say, oh, I want it to be able to do this. What are the you know, what are the paths in order to get that to happen? And see if I can bring it together. And a lot of that is actually fighting for time because when you you know it's when you're an engineer you actually have a very when you work work for a company as an engineer you have a very uh, ticketed list of tasks that you're supposed to perform, uh, and finding the time between those I, I find those quite boring. But the time in between is where I get really engaged. Yeah, sometimes a task is exciting, but um, I like breaking things and fixing them. Yeah, that's well, that's really where you learn is like you make it break and then oh i got to get it working again and there's that sense of panic and making sure that everything that you're not a, caught and it, yeah. it's
1: such a beautiful journey to hear you speak about the steps that led you to the next step i mean clearly you have a family now you yeah. know from your connection at su yeah you clearly yeah. went to chicago and tried to work out your own podcasting based on you know your love for uh, the arts and media, and somehow that just kind of put you in this wonderful uh, crossroads that kind of shifted your uh, trajectory into a place of um, digital world and knowledge. And now here you are, you know, living in L.A. and uh, doing your thing. And I have to say. I've been doing, I guess, theater, and now I'm doing my air quotes because we clearly are still <laughs> renting in Arlington, Virginia. Um,
2: but Love air quotes.
1: But you know, there's something about me that questions whether I would validate myself if I went another direction, and listening to you completely validates me looking for my own. A podcast journey that might make me actually view my life differently than through a theatrical
2: lens. Yeah, you know what? I would attribute looking at things through a theatrical lens. That's the source of the power right there. If it what I don't believe if I didn't have a passion for theater, a passion for acting, a passion to constantly learn Which I think all of those go hand in hand, Uh, and the and the willingness to to move forward, and to be honest, the willingness to be embarrassed, the willingness to go forward and say, uh, you know, I will make a fool of myself, and that's okay. I'll still live after that. That's that's the magic, and I attribute that all to to theater. I truly do. I don't think I would be where I am today had I not learned the skills to just dive in and and embrace what could be anything, you know, embrace the corporate lifestyle. I'm doing singular quotes here right now or, you know, embrace, uh, you know, a, a character that you would never consider yourself to play or a story that you wouldn't be telling yourself. Uh, from your own past history, but your willingness to do that, I, that's the source that I think has gotten me to where I am. And I think is what, honestly, why I think anybody who learns acting, anybody who learns, uh, studies theater is highly prepared to go into anything that can accomplish that.
0: I say this all the time. Uh, theater people are magic, uh, artists creative people are magic in 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 the sense that when when you have that uh mindset of truly looking at a world and taking it apart department by department and yeah. all the things that it takes to assemble a world on stage or create a world on stage you have that brain power to do so in any situation in any vocation uh i work for a. Uh, the Arlington County now. And it's just so interesting because to me, it's just problem solving is a, is part of the, the deal of theater and the arts. It's yeah. what you constantly have to do. And I, I think that people who have the arts background who then go into different fields have such a leg up on everyone else because it. the creative yeah. problem solving is just off the charts, you know? And, and these people are magic. We live in a world of people who are magic and people who are muggles. And I I truly understand that now. I, I truly think that the, the creative thought- you know, well, You've never even read Harry Potter. I know, I know. I'm not on the bandwagon of the Harry but Potter. But you use muggles.
1: We don't believe in witches, Ryan.
0: Yes, we do, actually. <laughs> anyway, um, I, I agree wholeheartedly that uh, your love for theater, created your love for tech in a way so i I love that the two passions kind of
2: change drivers if you could if you could see my hands right now i you know hold like you're holding a ball and you have your fingers spread apart i on one hand i say this is my theater life on my other hand i say this is my tech life and then i put the two together and that's been my life goal is to say what i don't see them as different they're really not there there's different jargon but the politics and, and all the operations, those are all the same. And theater, you know, it's two boards and a passion. It can happen anywhere. And that that will retain for centuries. But it's the tech around it that makes it accessible. And that is, that's why I went down this path is because my goal is to use tech to bring theater what I call into its next golden age and i think they i i think the way that it, once theater can be in this spot at this time to experience it and you can at the same point watch a show that's happening in brazil and have it translated for you immediately into your ears and feel as if you are sitting in the theater and seeing the sweat drip off of you know the the actor right in front of you and able to provide your feedback, your laughter, your applause back to the actor as they are in Brazil and you're in New York, that will just usher the next golden era. And that only can happen through technology. And that's all the technology is, is breaking down communication barriers. That's all All it does is make it invisible, you know, what where two entities are blocked communicating with one another and technology takes that away. And when it comes to language, when it comes to the visual aspect of it, when it comes to the auditory aspect of it, uh, it, tech will be involved in every single aspect of that. In fact, it's the big companies that are really going to charge the way. And theater doesn't have to change, right? You don't have to change your performance. You Theater in the round, proscenium, you know, any black box theater. Getting somebody from another part of the world into your space and removing all the things that feels like they're watching it on a screen uh and not not vr i mean vr is the way to get there but meaning that you know you're putting on this headset and you're like looking like oh i'm playing a game look at me i can turn to the left and turn to the right nobody wants one <laughs> exactly uh i i don't think people really want that personally i don't think people want to have this hardware on to experience something live that's happening. But we have to go through that in order to get to to the point where it's not needed. With so the and, and
3: the singularity, basically
2: the singularity. It's that's why it's been talked about so frequently. Yeah. What,
1: what, what's your view currently on social media?
2: Oh, I, you know, I think it's some of the worst things to happen in the world. Um, I Is don't use social of- media. I, I I got off of Wastebook back in 2008. So <laughs> I absolutely avoid it. And I did use Instagram because I like the picture part of it. And then it quickly became not about the picture. So that's when I was like, oh, i got to drop this. But I really liked the, uh, the sharing of the pictures, not of the text. But then, of course, it got bastardized when Wastebook bought them. So I dropped them. Uh, Tic Tac I always make fun of and then you have uh, Reddit is the one I still go to because Reddit is the best and the worst of the Internet all in one. So I still like will look at them, but I'm not a contributor. You won't find my like profile on it, but I like I like I'm always surprised at how creative people are, whether it's truly vicious or truly uh, affectionate. But the responses are always creative, and I always, uh, I Reddit kind of elevates that, unlike having a a like chain or a thumbs up, you know, gamification of of getting likes. That I I'm really am against social media, which is why it's very hard to find me on it. Uh, I like to squat my name and then do absolutely nothing with my profile, so people will find my name and send an invite, but it kind of goes into this limbo. (laughs) <laughs> the abyss where no, where no response ever occurs. Now that uh, we're such divided
1: uh, in, in the world with so many different platforms and people can get their information wherever they want and follow whoever they want and you know do whatever they want, is there a way that we will eventually get back to an NPR on social media that is sort of a spokesperson for all saying, Hey guys, these are the facts. Calm down. Before Justin says anything, I would like to say I don't think so.
3: I don't think there's a way back because the reason that all that exists no. is because of social media.
2: No, what you see is a de a decentralization. That's that's the tendency. That's the trend. And until that trend ends, uh, you won't have a, a, an organization or an authority having its. Uh, influence be higher than others Uh, so what's happening what's happening with currencies that's the cryptocurrency trend right now it's happening with uh information and news but there's the centralized institutions are are losing their influence and it's becoming decentralized where it's multiple little nodes of information uh spread around the globe i'm
1: gonna i'm gonna shut up but i really think that the morning announcements (laughs) on the (laughs) on the by 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 the TikTok, east and west i think it could make a difference it's sort of like you know morning joe oh jesus that's joe scarborough
3: on msnbc i'm just using
1: that as an example
2: i don't i'm unfamiliar with that show but uh... anyways well dustin
1: if you need anyone in the development department i'm your guy
2: <laughs> all right yeah I'll have. It, hey, it takes a village to make these things happen. Right, as, right. As I, I learned when I did ideas. the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I got the ideas. I'm the ideas broker. I got the ideas right here. I got an app for you. How <laughs> about,
1: to, yeah. Okay, well, we have the apple, but how about for the kids' version? We have the banana.
0: Oh, my God.
1: Matthew. <laughs> 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 you. you know what? I'm going to leave. Should I just go? No.
0: no. Okay. Um. Well, Dustin, we're mindful of your time. We're approaching he an hasn't hour. Really had mark. Dinner yet? Right. It's like six thirty there.
3: Right. Oh, I
2: could, I could keep going. But if, if I want to be mindful of your time, because I know you have a show that, um, you know, you got to keep under wraps. By the way, do, this series. I do want to say how much I appreciate you doing this series. Uh, I and you may have heard it from others. I've been listening to it all along. It is, it has been a blast. I want to thank you so much. And even though you're not doing the inside the actor studio. Quote approach, you could totally do that, and really just capture all these great artists that you're working with and working alongside of, and get their story. And you know, even it it doesn't the best thing about podcasts is it doesn't matter what happens when it's first released. You have the long tail business model going for you, and and the longer that you host it and keep it the more available it becomes. And, and as you do this and as you build it up week by week and you are, are creating this archive, this catalog, it just benefits you more and more and more and more over time. And then you have this wonderful trove from your friends and uh, something that you can visit over and over again and listen to it. So, I I applaud you for doing this. I want to thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it. Oh my god, Dustin, we're so glad you could join
0: us. It was I have to give credit where credit is due. The idea to do the SU season was Matt's. Yeah. Um,
1: oh, finally, Dustin. It's now on the record. <laughs>
2: um and, and I was and I was do skeptical. You sl- do you still have the Chase Lounge? you still no. have your chain? No. Oh, no. Okay. We
1: had to sell it for rent money.
2: <laughs> did you really? Oh, no.
0: No,
1: <laughs> no the chain is no, no, no. longer. Um, I will <laughs> say- we did, we did throw away a high heel chair last weekend. Yeah,
0: we did. We, we've been on this weird kind of cleanse through the house trying to throw things out for, we do this every once in a while. We're just sick of ourselves. We just throw crap out, you know? Um, yeah. Uh, the idea was Matt's, though. It, I give him full credit. And I, I was skeptical because I just thought, I mean, we this is our fifth season. We have done four others. And I thought this is a very niche-specific audience. Mm. Are, are SU people going to listen to this? Are other people that were our audience going to care about our friends from college? But I think the interesting thing is that it's it's it's... It's interesting to find somebody at the beginning of their journey and track them to where they are like 20 years later and Mm. to learn where their path went and why. And I I think it's fascinating. Even if people don't know who Dustin Moat is, they will listen just kind of out of interest of just your journey from theater to tech world and why it's not dissimilar. You know, there's something there.
1: And why he's writing the book called IT, Internet Theater. No, I think Stephen King already wrote Theater internet
2: is what I call it actually. Yeah. Theater theaternet. Oh,
1: Theater that. that's even better. Yeah.
2: I I, I made a go. I coined that as a business. I actually registered that as a business. Whoa. Theaternet? Yeah. TheaterNet. That's what the podcast that was the the parent company of the podcast was Theaternet.
1: That's genius. Uh, you know what? Maybe I shouldn't apply for <laughs> Apple. I don't know. I can't do the better. <laughs> Dustin, um uh before we, we go,
0: just a few quick silly things. First of all, I didn't get to ask you this before, but um mm-hmm. when you think back to your SU days, what mm-hmm. were um cause I can never Adolfo Blair, formerly Randy Eigenbrode, blasted yeah. us. On the podcast last week for having terrible memories and not remembering what show was what year, and I was like, I don't know, <laughs> I did so many. Yeah, I, and I'm not in charge of anyone else's career. What were some highlight uh, productions that you were a part of that you can that you remember that you just loved or hated, either
2: either spectrum. Mm. Oh loved or hated. All right. well I one of the things I loved was Robin Goodfellow and I think that was my junior year senior. yeah see I the same thing. I can't remember what <laughs> I have to think about the context in order to place it. I believe that was my junior year in school. And uh, that was uh, a children one of the children's theater productions uh, directed by Lindy and it had it, it was a midsummer Nights dream. It was pretty much the children's production of Midsummer Night's Dream. Uh, what else did I love? Uh, a detective story was always one of my top ones. I, I loved being a part of the ensemble there. That I got to play a drug addict in that yep. one, uh, a, a drugged-out suspect. And uh, oh gosh, uh, one of the ones I didn't really like was Pinocchio, another kids' show. Uh, that was due to the the vast amount of makeup that I had to wear. That was not. Done Well, Uh, what was uh, what were some of the I I really loved SSMT for uh, like all four of the shows that we did, uh, which would have been my freshman into sophomore year. I mean, this is like Big River. We did Cinderella. um, Grease. Grease. Yeah. Taming of the Shrew. Taming of the Shrew is probably my top. I got to work with Fitz uh, and and my wife, Danielle. Danielle and I we're in that production together we have some stills from that uh those were the so, yeah gosh
0: can you call out some that we were a part of i can't remember anything i will say though i
2: blocked it out with I, therapy I, I blocked it out. With <laughs> <food>. <laughs> i um, did can not I get mikado can, but, yeah uh, we take we it easy take the... it easy that's what i was trying to think of take it easy take it easy take a chance on a romance in the in slow the... Yes. yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I was dance understudy for that one. That was you, fall of my You didn't
0: year. get to be in the the majestic production of Playground. Um no. No, I did not. You you really missed out. Um I do just quickly want to say detective story that's been brought up and talked about a lot uh on this show. It was such a great production of that show, but since you had a very funny audition story uh with juicy fruit Mm -hmm. I I wanted to, to one, I wondered if you remember this little detail. Do you remember Marcus Davis doing an audition for detective story and what happened? No. No. So I can't recall what character he was reading for, but I remember that he was doing well and he and I, I think full disclosure I think we had, like, a few beers before we went to that audition. What? Because we were, like, music theater guys. We were, like, they, again, they were forcing us to audition for it. We didn't want to fucking be in it. So, <laughs> so we were, like, I don't give a shit. I have to go there and just, like, go through the paces. And Marcus had to read something. Oh, God, what was his name? Kevin... A character? No, no, a student. Kevin Gibson? Yeah, opposite Kevin Gibson.
2: Oh, yeah.
0: And he had to say this, and I'll never forget it, because he turned into Joan Crawford, as he was wont to do sometimes. (laughs) The line was, um, I could tell you stories that would bring tears to your eyes. Now get in that room and take off your pants. (laughs) So... (laughs) so (laughs) so so this was like a wise guy kind of yeah i could tell you stories and bring tears to your eyes again yeah off your pants right yeah so marcus because he was looking directly at kevin gibson and probably had a beer or two he was doing good and i was rooting for him in the corner and then he got to that line and looked at kevin and turned into joan crawford and he went I could tell you stories. It would bring tears (laughs) to your eyes. Now get in that room and take off your (laughs) pants. And he said, "pants, not pants. (laughs) I I screamed and then promptly left the audition room and I didn't even audition, Mm. I just left. And Marcus put his script down and left as well. And we went and drank somewhere. And did not stop laughing for like an hour. We were crying. Get in that room and take off your pants. <laughs> <laughs> did
1: he get the part? No. Didn't get it. Did?
0: I think I got understudy. I think I or I had a bit part or so, I can't recall. I have a photo of me and Jenny Lamb and I'm wearing a fake mustache and a suit. So I must have like been a small part. I can't.
1: I really can't remember see that's one thing i do enjoy about security cameras being everywhere
2: nowadays you know what happens well, caps- <laughs> 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 we didn't have phones to capture it live in the moment thank god yeah. thank god i know oh god i can't tell you how thankful i am that we did not exist in a world with internet connected phones i
0: know that you have a family you work a lot are there any Final question, are there any like books or things that you stream that you could recommend to others that you just really love?
2: Oh, good, good, good question. Thank you. Uh I'm a heavy consumer of television. Uh Danielle and I both are. So oh uh you know, I will I, I don't want to call out too many. Severance we just finished was fantastic. We just watched Severance. That yep. was uh that was really good. And then uh a show that I've been liking a lot and it came and it, it's just did this first season it's called ghosts and i absolutely love it it's a little half hour comedy uh about this woman who can see the ghosts that haunt air quotes again haunt her house and they become friends and it's just this fantastic ensemble light-hearted comedy that has a fantastic premise where they can go into so many directions and they do and I got sad when the first season ended. I'm really looking forward to the second season. So if you get a chance, pick up the show Ghost. It's a remake of a BBC show. Uh, My so, mom watches
3: that, and she always tells me to watch it. And now that you've said it, I'm going to do it.
2: it. It's it's just a, it's a nice kind of break at the end of the day. We're finishing This Is Us. We're kind of late. I think that um, we're, we're at the end. And that's always a tearjerker. So I'm I'm one for comedies a lot because I like to you know exercise my humorous bone as it were
0: <laughs>
2: so i am trying to I, I like picking up on different comedic styles and uh but that one and it's funny it's just it's it's a fantastic premise and it always makes you feel good and it's really good uh, one of our you know and i think we, we as i think Laura or uh, danielle mentioned this but we know One of my top shows is Gilmore Girls, if you haven't seen it or not. And I've seen the show in its entirety uh, three times now, actually. And we named our daughter Lorelai after Lorelai Gilmore, Um, as Danielle mentioned in her episode. We do not call her Rory. We we call her Lorelai, and she insists on being called Lorelai. And And she's
0: a big star in the making, I hear.
2: She's she's got it yeah 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 she's she's got it and it's if it's now just getting her to want to apply it more <laughs> with you like,
3: two as parents i can imagine
2: yeah she uh, you is know danielle okay, give sorry. all the credit to danielle for that she you know she's she knows the industry in and out and is able to uh, help guide lorelei through it and what it means to actually proceed through getting a television show or you know you're like, getting you're onto like, a movie
1: well, it's like this kiddo a juicy <laughs> fruit is gonna move, move ya
2: it's you so soft that it gets right to ya. yeah. <laughs> yeah
3: yeah right, you dude, know dude, i miss you man
2: i miss you too guys i miss all of you oh when well, next time we're out in dc definitely look
1: us up i'm gonna come yeah. to l.a dude Hey, you'll have that new app, too, that you can just find out where we are in in the history of the land.
2: Oh, well, I will open it uh, when I come to your front door and see what kind of chicanery you guys have been up
1: to. It will say, this house was built for the Pentagon workers back in the 40s and hasn't been cleaned in a week.
2: (laughs) But the built-ins are original. Yeah.
0: (laughs) All right, Dustin, we love you. We'll talk to you soon. All right, buddy.
2: All right. Thank you so much, guys. I really appreciate this.
0: Love you. Thank you, man. Bye. 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 Thanks so much for taking time to chat with us, Dustin. We had such a great time. We could have talked so much longer, um, as is often the case. Uh, We love you. We love Danielle. Um, And hope you guys are well it was great catching up it sounds like things are going swimmingly on the west coast that's right if you want to learn more about us please visit www.connorsmithmusicals.com that's connor with an er please rate review subscribe to this podcast really helps us out a lot share it where you share things post it where you post things you can also find us on social media on facebook instagram and tiktok under connor and smith again with an er Um, Please join the Discord discussion and add your comments, photos, etc. The link is in the description of this podcast. And add your late 90s musical choices to our Season 5 playlist also in the description of this podcast. Um, We're still having a great time. We have many more SU folks to talk to over the summer. And thanks for joining us for another week. Um much more to come, right, Maddie?
1: Lots of stuff is happening. We'll see you soon. All right. Bye. Bye.